There we go. There we go. And I want to just do some levels checks, guys. So, Matthew? Check, check. One, two. That's a perfect levels check. And Carlito? Microphone check. One, two. That's it. Let's get right into this next episode <laughs> of The Construction Live. Uh, One little notation. I'm going to point the finger at Carlito. Be late! Hey, it's me. <laughs> uh, on time again. That's all. That's the extent of my pointing the finger. Today, we've got a really cool show today. we got something different. We've got... Matthew, how do you pronounce your last name? I know it, but I'm not going to... No problem. It's Paladina. Paladina. Matthew Paladina. That's it. From E6 Analytics. That's right. We've got a really interesting guest here today, Carlito. This is... uh, We always talk about how guys in the industry know how to build, but they don't necessarily know how to build a business. Matthew's here to enlighten us and our listeners. I'm excited about this, man. I am too. You know, I got a lot of questions here. My track pants are like Sergio Valente's right now, man. <laughs> tight. That's I'm really excited. tight. <laughs> so, Matthew, tell me a little bit about... Wait tell a second. Us. I just want to take a look. No, you're not going to take a look. <laughs> tell, tell us, tell everybody, okay, what exactly do you do? That's a really good question. I think I'm going to start by saying it, it's less about what I oh, do. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Let me oh, interrupt you one oh, oh, second. Sorry. I got to start. We keep forgetting this. We are at Skylux Roofing again, and we got to give a shout out to Mark. Thank you so much, Mark, for letting us use the break room here. This guy's amazing. Anyone who's following us and paying attention, you guys got to follow Skylux Roofing. The I would say the best roofers in town. (laughs) Give them a follow. Give them a hire. There he is, just walking by right now. So Skylux Roofing, company changing the industry. That's what they're doing. That's that's what what we're doing. We want to hang around this vibe. That's what it is. All right. So sorry, Matthew. No, no, no worries. Tell us about what you do and what you can do for guys like us and guys like our listener regarding our construction business. Let me start by saying this. You can't look at fixing or helping or or, uh, making a business more efficient by just looking at the business itself. The first thing you got to think about is what makes you good at your job? It's your passion. Yes. Right? So you guys are contractors. We're all passionate. There's passion. But the passion that help you get your business off the ground is probably not the same passion you put into actually running your business. Never. Said. What I do, what my company does, is our passion is helping you run your business. That's the passion that I have. When you look at you know, a job, you quote it, you, you get on site, you get your work done, and it's great. The product speaks for itself. But then you got to climb out of paperwork. You got to figure out if you made money on the job. You got to figure out how you're going to take the stuff that you learned from the job you just finished and how are you going to make the next job better? That goes into coding work. That goes into, did I make money on this job? Did I quote enough? Did I bite the right products? Have I ha- do I have to go back and deal with stuff? All I'm going to say myself included, I bet you nine, ten, nine guys out of 10 contractors don't assess their business. I'm going to guess. But Manny, here it is. You're, you're working so hard that you forget to learn, change, adapt, adapt. and make your business better. Better. That's what this More is about. Efficient. Yes, it, it absolutely is. Well, well, think about it. You're, you're not out there trying to, you know, build, build, build and hope to God you make some cash. I mean, can't that's, be. That's, 99% of guys no, do but that's, that's what, that, a nine out of 10. That's what I, I'm saying. I say that, I say that because I'm being, I'm being like super sarcastic by saying that because yeah. it's, it's, that's exactly what happens. You know, when I talk to, to, you know, somebody who's interested in, in hearing more about what I do, you know, they say, well, I, I don't want to spend any more time that I'm already doing on this stuff. Like, but I know I need to do this. Well, it's like, well, of course you don't want to do it because if you're doing that, it takes away from you doing your actual work. One of the things I always say to people is picture running your business the way you are right now and thinking about that mountain of time that you put into to doing all that stuff, doing your business the exact same way without that mountain of time being lost at all. And that, when I get started and work with people, that's what I, I, I give them is their time back. Is it applicable to a guy who's just getting started and he's got one rental job going on? Or is this applicable once this one guy gets two, three, four, and then he's a little overwhelmed? Or like, at what point should a contractor be listening to understanding what's going on in his business on a paper level? If you're not thinking about that when you start your business, you're going to be in a position every day after that playing some level of catch up. You're catching up. Yeah. You but, never do. Well, but, but <laughs> you never catch up. Here's no, the, you here's never, the it's thing. impossible. It, well, it, it, okay. What does catch up mean? I mean, aside from what you put in your fries, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, once you lose money, 
you have to forget about it and just move forward. But you oh. need to understand, I was going to say, you need to understand why. That's right. I was just going to say that you can't forget about it. One of the biggest, biggest things that happens is, okay, so let's say, let's say you got a job going and it's going great. You know, you're dealing with changes. They're going great. You know, you have a, you have a happy client, you know, some challenges arise, but you're getting through them. And then you finish the job and you're like, okay, you know, I got the paperwork all done. I got the invoices out. Okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're, you're rushing to your next job. You didn't close out the job. And when you don't close out the job properly, everything you just said about losing money on the job, you've, you've lost the opportunity to take that, actually do something with it and then apply it to the next one. So you're not sitting at the next job at the end of it thinking, damn, I lost, I lost money again. Oh, well, I'll just, I'll work harder or I'll get more jobs and, or I'll get more guys. That to me, I, I coined that as a reactive business approach. And, and it's, you're not wrong in doing it that way. A lot of successful businesses operate that way. But the challenge is, is you don't want to, to just try to work harder to make more. You want to work smarter to turn what you're getting right, right now and get more out of it. Things like understanding, you know, the financial aspect of your business, and I don't want to get too, you know, technical or, or whatever. Understanding when the dollar comes into your company, are you following that dollar through right till when you can actually report it as a as a profitable dollar on the net side. So you know when you file your taxes, you you know you see your, your income statements and all that stuff, and then you know you you pay your taxes and you're a good you're a good uh, business owner. But all that information that that went into you following that dollar is being lost because you're not actually using that to change the way you're looking at the work you're doing. And that's something that I, I kind of always bring it back to first principles. A good business is not something that you have to be totally, you know, engulfed in software and all that stuff. A good business is understanding what it is you're trying to do, understanding it is how you do it, and then understanding the business of how you do it. And once you understand those three things and understand that, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to school and be, get a business degree or whatever. I just want to know that it's going to be taken care of. To the, let me, let, yeah. let's, let's backtrack a tiny bit, right? Cause the thing is, I know that when I first met you, it was a lot of information and I was overwhelmed and I was like, holy crap, how am I supposed to understand this? Is there a way that you can kind of explain this where it, it involves two by fours and fucking nails? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Where it's kind of like their language because we get that all these young guys, they all started off by laboring for somebody mm -hmm. else that was running a business, but that person was running it a certain way and yeah. it could have been right. It could have been wrong. But we, own, we know that the majority of them, are, it's wrong. If they took those skills and they started their own business because they were ready to take off and go on their own, they're probably making the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. So we don't want them to make the same mistakes. same mistakes. We want them to learn from those mistakes and then develop their business from that. So how do you... Bring okay. it to the two by fours and nails. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's get a young contractor who's starting off on his own or her own and starts a business and gets that first job and call it whatever. It's a bathroom. And let's go from there. Perfect. Step one. What's your contract look like? Very good. How you, detailed is it? The details are very important, but if you have details on the wrong stuff, then it's just a lot of pages of garbage. It can also scare a customer away. 100%. I remember working on jobs um, that were in the, the, in the tens of millions of dollars, and we had contracts that were so big, and I remember saying, why, why is all this stuff in here? Like, what, what There's is no for? reason for this stuff. It, it, well, it, there is if you're a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, to protect you. Exactly. Well, well to, to protect what? At the, at the end of the day, it's, it's what are we protecting here? I'm going to go back to what I said about contracts. If you, if you set up a very simple contract with your, your customers, that right there sets you up for already much bigger success. When you say simple, what do you mean simple? So I'm glad you asked I'm that doing many. a bathroom rental. Perfect. Simple. It comes down to three components. And if you understand these three components, you can have a very simple contract. The first thing is get your scope of work clearly identified with your, with your client. With your customer. If you know that they want this tile, this vanity, they want the toilet moved seven inches here, you got to record all that. It, it has to be documented. Document everything. 100%. Now, I'm not saying you got to go into, you know, a, a, like excessive detail, but if you put together a clear, concise scope of work, step one, done. Step two, agree on a price that's not just a dollar value, but actually has it broken down. Because what happens during most jobs, no matter how small or how big, things are going to change. Number one. You're totally right. You know what? Sometimes you go in, you price a job at $25,000. The customer tries to start picking at the price. They start taking prices away. A lot of guys will take a, a quote and make it a 
one ball price yeah. instead of actually in categories and then line be able to line. take yeah. and put back what you, you need it. to exactly. accordingly. So Curly, let me ask you a question. So let's say you're, that $25,000 job you're doing. Let's say it's a, uh, a kitchen rental. Let's say um, the, the customer uh, agreed on a, on a cabinet finish. And let's say they saw something on Pinterest or, or whatever. Oh, and my favorite. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the, the new finish they want is a, is a, is a let's say, a $5,000 increase. So now you're thinking, oh, crap, okay, how am I going to deal with this? A lot of times, it's reactive. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to get going on the product. You know, you're good with it's around 5K. Let's go with that. And then you finished the job, and it actually was, say, 7,000. And then there was issues with the install because the brackets you used or the, the, the handles were different. You know so, what? This sounds so familiar. It, it, well, it the, happens all the time. It does. And it, and it happens on... Every project. Not even on every, like every scale of project. Whether so it's, how do you handle that? You clearly identify when you're talking about your budget exactly what your customer is going to get in itemized fashion. even though that they change it so, so at that point of changing when you're talking about in a contract negotiation you haven't started the work yet no. you're still in the courting stage if you will right yeah. so the customer they, they like you however they got you whatever you're sitting there and you guys are both on the same page let's strike while the iron's hot make sure that same page is exactly the page that you want it to read and that they understand exactly how that page reads if you itemize everything and then all of a sudden their $25,000 job in their minds turns into 37,000 and you know because of each of the items that, that they've picked yeah. and that they've agreed to, well, this is your budget. Well, uh, we agreed to 20, but we didn't agree to anything yet. It's 25,000 is what you had in your mind. That what you're looking for is 37,000. How do you want to deal with that? Because we have to either scale back your job or you need to bring more money into, into the contract. By so you, doing it that way, you also give the contractor the ease and freedom of going back into that quote and removing stuff at the to time to get well, the but, job But what's yes. even Down. more important than that is that you're going to get now paid for your time yes. and the change order. Yes. And that's what's even more So important. that's number two. So what's number three? Number three. Again, we're still at the contract stage. Yes. Schedule. Schedule. Your schedule is so important so that they understand the expectations you have of them. They know what you're going to promise Payment to deliver schedules. on. And that... You know that they know. And so, your schedule is in bed with the scope of work. Correct. And your scope of work is in bed with the amount of money that's being asked for. You got it. Everybody's all in. There's one big king size California king bed here is what's going on, right? So I like that. That's the con. Well, Simple. Well, Manny, it brings it back to what we talk about every day. Now we rely on our trades to be just as efficient as us and as honest as they can be as we are with our customers. Yes, exactly. Those are the three things in a simple contract. And you, you could be, you know, a young person starting out their business, the startup level, it's your first job. There's no reason why you can't have a really good sound contract by just focusing on those three things and clearly identify them in the contract. The other thing before we leave the budgeting side, you need to, you need to consider as a contractor, a contingency. For sure. There you has to be to. a line item for that. A hundred percent. And it can't be where you as a GC have to take your profit from. It has no. to be an individual line item. And that line item typically is a 10% value off of what the project's worth. So if it's a $25,000 job, it's a $250 or $2,500 contingency. Here's a question that I'm asked all the time is, uh, should you put your actual profit line in your actual contract? That is something... I don't want to touch on too much because that's where you start talking about competitive edge okay. and, and, and how different contractors do different things. Your, your profit margin, you know, on, on a construction job is typically in your GC fee, right? So whatever that is, if it's 10%, well, then there's your implied profit. Right? I think it should be 30%. Well, whatever it ends up being. Good luck. 10% 10, 10 is really nothing. <laughs> Good luck. What's that going to cover? I have yet to meet a client that's going to agree to 30%. I'm sorry well, to say. So I really like what you're saying. I've, I'm on the same page as you. So I have a 16-page contract, and that covers any change orders. I think the first problem is when you're making a contract with someone or doing a construction job, you should never become best friends. It should I be agree. business. 100%. So at no point until the project's done, you should never become best friends or friends. It's phony until the very end. Carlito, absolutely. You didn't meet this person at your best friend's wedding, this, or maybe you did. This is not a, a relationship that came together without um, something other than the fact that you want to do business together. A wise person once told me that business and pleasure, you have to be able to separate. If your business relationship is what you first have with the person, that has to be what you respect in the relationship first. And what that means is, you can't get buddy buddy and then all of a sudden then 
they start taking so the situation starts taking advantage of itself. You start doing things for free, or you start doing things that are like okay, you and know you, what? I'll you see can't what I can do, do that. No, you have you to can't. document every single thing you do. Absolutely, and you've got to add it to the the scope of work. You got to add it to the package. You got to put it all together. It has to be a part. The clients have to be aware of what you're doing. There isn't oh, since you're already here, you might as well take care of yeah. that. And and I'm not saying you say well, no, leave me alone. It's not that. It's about understanding the type of relationship you should have with your customer it's not about being best friends but it's also not about being like well i'm here to get the job done get out of my way well it's, a, it's about being how serious is that customer when i present them a 16 page contract so first i come in i get to know them get their wish list you know talk back and forth just to find out their dream list when i give them that contract basically three out of ten will accept it and seven will run which tells me who the three really serious contracts are when they see a 16 page contract that protects them and me they know it's serious and mm -hmm. i know i have a serious customer you know having a, a three you know that's a 30 percent success rate on your on your bids right or, or is this just when you you're past the bidding point now you're trying to negotiate a contract well i'm never worried about bidding you know you go in you don't worry about getting the job be yourself you're honest you go in there you just Talk about the job and yeah. what you're going to do. If you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Yep. The second visit, though, you should be paying 500 bucks for me to come. Mm -hmm. And if I do come and you waste my time, I made 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. If you chose to have me come back, you get that 500 bucks back on the contract. Mm -hmm. So now we're mm -hmm. both on top. Let me just stop you for one second. Sure. I came across a quote recently that kind of adds to this whole thing because we've had this love-hate relationship with clients, right? Well, me more than you, I guess, but... I do too. Uh, you know, whenever <laughs> you go in there and you give a price and all of a sudden the clients will always say, you know what, I, I, I actually, I, I found other guys who could actually do it for less. Mm -hmm. As a contractor, your, your, your reply to that should be, well, actually, you know what, I've got clients who have actually paid more. So It's just, it's perspective at that point, right? But, but, but what's the need to um, even say anything? Say, you know what? Oh, oh my second. God. Manny, <laughs> two for three. <laughs> Oh, by no, the way, no, no, Manny no, no, was no. late last yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> That's two. That's two, okay? We're both even, Carlito well, and I. You know, Matthew, I... All right, I, let's I, get back to it. I really like what you're saying. So for me, after 30 years of business, I realized that I was putting 80 hours in a week. And that's not even an exaggeration. That's a lot. Like you're working seven days a week. I, I'm sure you're that's working a very 16 accurate. hours a day. Equal it up. It's right. It's right there. You're, you're losing your family, your personal life, your friends, your mental capacity. Yeah. So I've, I'm trying to learn how to make 40 hours efficient. And 40 hours is still that's, too much. That's but the making key here. 40 this, hours this, efficient. This is really important about how. We all have the same amount of day, right? It's the same amount of hours per day, per week, per whatever, right? So mm -hmm. we, we, you, if you commit to a certain... We talked about this. We talked about how you give a certain amount of hours per work day to get the work done and you make it as efficient as possible. So it's the same thing with you that, Matthew, you're saying that when you run your business, it becomes more efficient. So if you plan all this stuff, sure, there's going to be a shitload of work in the beginning to get it going. But once you get it going and it's right and it suits your business, then it will become efficient. It will. As we're going here, there's a few things that I'll actually elaborate on that point. Before we get to that, though, I want to go back to you asked me about two by fours and, and nails. Yeah. Contract was the first answer. We've established the importance of a good contract. To your point there about efficiency, the next step that a, anybody can take, no matter how big the business is, is you have to progress monitor your project properly. And the reason why that's, that's important. That's a mouthful. Progress monitor the project properly. Yes. So what, PMPP. Okay, <laughs> guys, don't get stressed out. This is easier than it sounds. Actually, we should have it said actually it. actually is easier we, than it sounds. We, we should have said at the beginning, everybody grab because a notepad once, and a, pay, once a pencil, you, man. Once you do what Matthew's saying, it becomes really easy. It's like grabbing a new phone, not knowing how to use it, and then after a couple of weeks, you're using it properly, yeah, and sure. all of a sudden, it benefits you. Sure. So, so it actually comes down to it's even easier than you think. I mean, it's a big word, although I just made that up on the spot. It's nice, actually, but it's yeah, progress monitoring. It, it sounds good. It sounds good. <laughs> progress monitoring. Pro you know why you got me sweating? I got a little scared. <laughs> We're losing people right now. Oh, no. no, no, no. I hope no, I don't okay. sound too stiff. So so I think it's, it's important. Progress monitoring. Yeah. So what does that mean? Okay. I'm going to paint a picture, and I think, I think you two are going to really uh, relate to this as, long, as well as a lot of your listeners. Let's say you know, you've started the job and everything's going well. And usually at the beginning of the job, everything does go well. Of course. And then all of 
of a sudden you're midway through and, and your clients are getting antsy because they're starting to see Christmas coming or, or whatever. And they want to have things ready for whatever party they want to throw. Over. So now they start asking questions. Um, hey, are you on schedule? Like, what's going on? Like, how's the job going? Oh, yeah, we're on schedule. Yeah, you know, we're probably a little bit behind on this, but we'll make it up for it here and this and that. And, and uh, they're like, okay, well, you know, I just approved your last payment certificate um, or invoice or whatever you guys call them. And uh, I noticed, you know, um, we've already spent all the money on um, framing Cont- budget. Contingency and whatever. Yeah, right? and it's yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, you know what? I, I got to run some numbers, but, um, you know, everything seems to be good right now. So that meeting passes. And the next week they come again. And then they're with now they're a little more aggressive about wanting the information and you're a little bit more um, impatient because you're trying to finish and, and catch up. Oh, another week passes. Now they're they're upset. Maybe they're phoning you now, you know, on the drive-ins. All kinds of pressure starts to build in, in, in all different kind of ways. The relationship starts to suffer. Correct. And I'm going to tell you the major reason for that, it's one simple thing. It's lack of correct communication. And that comes from not having good progress monitoring. So a good progress monitoring looks like this, and it's so simple. You have a contract that outlined a schedule, a budget, and a scope of work. You align your progress monitoring change the same orders. way. So change orders, I'm going to talk about, again, I, 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 that's a key that's one. part so of it, yeah. but it's not it, all To me, it's so important. No, no, no. Because right? it takes time. It's very it takes important. money. It changes the schedule. No, no. It's, it, but every job is going to have a change order. If you go into a job every thinking it's not going to happen, then you shouldn't be doing the work. You shouldn't be doing contract No, work. you have to expect it. It, it will happen. That's like 100% guarantee. I think every guarantees. single reno that's ever been undertaken has had a change order. <laughs> I see Manny change his own jobs. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, I'm I've got saying, a great idea. Somebody reach out and tell me that they did a job where they had no changes whatsoever. And I bet you you're lying. Well, listen, honestly, when, when I talk to a customer, I really want to have all the bells and whistles in there and no changes because once we start, we don't want to stop. Right. But so, what are you, we, we are a bike? humans. Are you building we a bike with humans. the bells and whistles? Is that what you're Everyone's doing? Everyone's human. <laughs> and so I, changes happen. A hundred percent. I had change orders all right, on my... let's keep going. Let's keep going. Past I had change, change orders, orders on my family vacation this summer, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to change that. <laughs> Get a change order for that change. That's right, that's right. So, okay. So, you know, you're, you're, you're monitoring progress. And as you're going, you're, you're monitoring the, the, the progress of work against the schedule, the consumption of cash, and uh, and whether you're aligning to your, your scope of work. Now, the, the homeowner or the, the customer calls you and says, okay, uh, Carlito, uh, Manny, I want to um, make a change to the project. Okay, no problem. What do you want to change? Well, I want to make, uh, I want to make this wall bigger. I want to I make this room bigger, so we got to move this wall. Okay, no problem. So before we move forward, I want you to know three things. One, your ask is going to impact the budget. It's going to also now be an increase to your scope of work, and it's going to uh, schedule. It's going to cost you more time. Well, now the schedule is obsolete. No, it's not. It doesn't. No, really it's not. Count. No, no, no. no, no, no. The, well, no. the schedule no. has to be modified now, yes, and it has okay. to reflect right. the change. Right. You're right. So the moment that you fuck around with one domino in that pyramid yep. or whatever, yep. absolutely, it affects everything, totally. and you have to be ready for that. A schedule is is not a bunch of dates um, on a you know a scrap piece of paper, and I'm I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm just using that. No, as it a, shouldn't be a scratch. Pa- it it shouldn't be crayons no. or pencil <laughs> no, crayons or Crayolas <laughs> or whatever. Right? Yeah. Coffee stains. On, well, cucumbers. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last guy. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eddie. I wonder how Poor Eddie's Eddie. doing. <laughs> Maybe Eddie should listen to this. He doesn't have a contract. <laughs> no, leave Eddie alone. And right. that's why he'll never have a job. <laughs> next, next, please. So you've now identified the change. It's change order number 001. And now your contract has to be reviewed with the client, with the customer. So you need to have a, a process that identifies exactly what it is that they're asking you to do and what that means. And then now you got to look at the three factors of your contract that are going to be impacted by it. A change like that's going to be more money. It's obviously a change to your scope and it's going to cause more time. In most cases, and I'm talking about just this project management um, sort of uh, terminology. So anybody, anybody that's listening is a project manager is probably like, well, of course, Matt, you know, everybody knows that in project management. Yeah, everybody knows everything. Yeah, everybody knows everything. That's why everyone's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you bring it down to what's real, you say, okay, well, that wall move is going to be an extra 15 days to the project. And then you look at your proposed schedule that you have approved in your contract and you start looking at what, what's called the critical path on that. And the critical path is everything that can be done with no time movement whatsoever. It's like if you start and finish on that line, your project will be done on the back end. And there's things you can overlap when you're framing up. You could put in um, electrical work. You could do your duct work and all that stuff. Those things may not take the full time that you have allotted for it, but they take time nonetheless. So what I'm saying is, is that you have 15 days that you got to add to the project now. Your client has to understand this. If your due date is X, you have to push 
the due date out by 15 days right away to why will it be exactly well, 15 days or well we don't know we but don't we're know. gonna be we're gonna be making our assessment of the impact in time based on what you know right now and the realities of construction are shit changes happens. yeah we it don't totally know does. i can't see behind the wall 100 percent so I ain't Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it. You got to tell them like, okay. So do you want us to to do the project in the same amount of time? Yes. Okay. Well, then it's going to cost you more money. But even more important, Matthew, is that when a change happens, they need to pay for the change right there. No, don't, not, no, don't change no, the contract, no, 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 but no, no, pay no. for the extra now so that you know they're serious. And now you've been paid for the change, and then you're back on schedule. No, you you got to go back to uh, yeah. the... Yeah, Matthew so, will say it, right? I think your, your point is valid, but I, I, I think you might want to consider one other thing. If you tell them that it's going to cost you 15 more days to do that work, and it's going to cost you X amount of dollars to do that work, what do you want to do here? Do you want both? Because if you want both, then here's the change order for that for both. And we have to increase your contract value right now. So that I know that the budget has gone from 25000 to 30000 say. And that we're going to put an amended part of our schedule to actually illustrate that change. So now when you leave that moment, you have the commitment from your customer, your client, that they're approving the change. So in essence, you do, you do get that money. You are, and it should be on two contracts, his and yours, exactly identically the same. One, one contract, two copies. That's right. So One basically, you have, you have a, you have a new word. scope. You have a new scope of work now. Nope. You have an amended scope, scope of, of work. work. And I only reuse that word because you, you don't want to deviate from the original path. That's right. Again, we, we do this for one reason at the end, that the paper trail is so clear and concise that if it does go bad, it'll be very easy to follow the, the, the path of the paperwork. I want to stop and say something really important to the homeowners listening out there or other contractors hiring other contractors. When you put a change in, that's not my only job running. So now you're taking away time from another schedule I have proposed for someone else. And Correct. now they're changing their whole life for me to come there. So they need to understand that these changes shouldn't happen. But if they do, they have to pay for them. So how do you handle that, Carlito? The idea is that you get a change order. It's 15 days. It's going to fuck with your other job Don't now. Don't rush the job. You, when you quote a job, you shouldn't be wanting to get so, in there next week. Oh, I'll be in there next week. Okay. I can be in there tomorrow. Who's, who's more important at this stage? So you've got two jobs on the go. You've got a client who's added 15 days to it. What do you do? You tell the other client or you tell this client I'm, who's I'm asking for 15 open. days? I'm very open and honest with customers. Nobody in construction has one job going. I get but I'm trying to figure out... Are, are you going to give the client who's asking for 15 days precedent over the other client that didn't ask for any no, changes I, yet? No, I will, definitely. You'll because do that? Because if, if I'm already in a project so you're penalizing the other, else, you're penalizing the other I always client. do say to the next person that I'm working on my next deal, I say, listen, there's always extras. There is a possibility the schedule may change until it's written in ink, then we're official. For now, let's keep it open-minded that you might lose a week or two or a month. So, Carlito, I got to ask you a question. I'm a homeowner, and yes. you're doing that job for me. I'm gone. Got to go. Quite frankly, <laughs> I don't really care what other work you have going on. Yeah. No, I know. I was it, just about to say. But, but, but it's true. But but so on the on the homeowner side, my mentality. Sorry, but that's just why a good contractor my, my, should get Carlito. My mentality is that yes, contractors should have more than one job going on because you have to survive and you got to keep you guys busy. But you need to treat every job that you're doing like it's the only job that you're doing. To you a certain extent. To, to a certain Let's extent. be realistic. It's but I'm to just a saying extent. that if this client's asking for a 15-day extension to that job, how do you handle the other job how that's handle- going to be affected now as a result Hold of on. this client? Well, we're missing one key piece here. The change, they see the impact to the project in the moment they're requesting the change. They might decide, you know what, Carlito, I think we're going to just stick with the original plan. Well, I'm pretty efficient. And that's the reason why you're asking for this to all be laid out. So then that conversation can happen right then and there. And then they can decide if they want to have a 24-hour period or 48-hour period to discuss it and think about it. Or even a week or two or a month. Doesn't matter. Get back to us. But the thing is, it's discussed, clear, everyone's on the same page, and then you move forward. But I think as a contractor, you should have a plan B to how do you speak to the other client that had nothing to do with this delay. I think it's a plan A. You really need to be a good contractor, not just go in and out, but listen to them and give them everything on the first contract. Cover hundred percent. I told you. I mean, on. if it's door handles. And- Hold on, Carlito. I got because because my my mind works very unusually sometimes. When you're saying one contract, 
You're, it's almost like you're implying there's multiple. The first what, contract. What is the first contract though? The first contract would be if you're a homeowner and yeah. I've spent a month with you yeah. going over your home and your wish list. Yeah. And we finally got the what you want. Yeah. And now I'm going to start it. I put a number price to it. Yeah. I put a schedule to it. Yeah. I don't want any changes because I'm already, I kind of have to think about the next person, even though you're my most important customer. But we customer. all agree yeah. there will be changes. So yes. I'm but, just trying to get to the point of how But there should treat. be small changes, no, not big changes. No, but even one change is going to affect your schedule, which means it's going to affect the other job. One client is on board, everything's running smooth. Another client threw a curveball and is asking for a potential delay of 15 days. Let's just say it's one day. That one day delay affects your other client or maybe even another client because you got four jobs on the go. I'm just trying to figure out how do you handle that? You can't penalize the client that didn't ask for an extension or a change. They're all on the same page. They agree to everything. Everything's moving forward. That's not fair to penalize that client. You have to figure out how well, you're going to well, handle hopefully, this. Hopefully you have a big group like we do. And you have good guys that you work with. I think the delay should fall on the client that's actually asking for the delay. I just would like to just take a moment to just... Identify you must something. Do yoga. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta take a moment here. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, I when I hear when I hear changes as a contractor, and I, I kind of agree with Manny where you're going with with your th train of thought. If a client wants something, they're willing to pay for, and they're willing to let the project be impacted by that change, and they're they're not resisting at all, and they really want it. You need to give it to them. Unless it's impossible. Well, no one's saying that you're not. No, no, no. I know you're not. And, I, and that's where I, I agree with, with you on the, the front of you're trying to, you got a lot of a juggling that you're doing, not just with the, the job. You got a business to run too. And we're going to touch on that in a little later. To just kind of put this point um, maybe into context, a change is going to happen. What E6 Analytics will do. <laughs> I like Plug. that. Wait a second. Plug. What, what we do. E6. <laughs> I actually rehearsed saying that on the way over here. I was trying to find the right tone. What does E6 stand for? E6, the letter E in lowercase stands for easy. I like and that. And six is when you add one, two, three together. Look at that, huh? So it's as easy as one, two, three. It's easy wow. as one, two, three. I like that. And okay. I wish everyone was as Can easy we as just that. not talk about <laughs> that? I want Matthew to continue moving along because right. we want to get more information. You know, here. I can't we stop get talking. It. We get no, it. No, no, no. This is change good. orders. This we get good. that. Let's figure that out later on. Okay. I want to keep on moving. So we got our, we, we're, we're doing our progress monitoring, which includes making sure that your, your original contract is being followed. And then as changes come up, those changes are being noted and identified and the contract is amended as you go. And, and initialed and dated. And it, uh, no, no th th that's a, that's, <laughs> that forms part of the contract. It's an agreement in addition to the original agreement. Your customer, client, homeowner, whatever you want, however you want to call them, they need to agree and you need to agree that your original contract is now being adjusted to include this new information. Now that forms the same contract. It's not a new contract. It's the same contract with a new agreement. Same contract with a new agreement. That's, That's right. right. Every time that you sit down with a change order, you handle it that way and you do not move forward until you both agree on the terms in which you're going to move forward on. And you can do that happily. And if you're doing it in the moment, your customer will very much appreciate the opportunity to be able to make that decision before they get to the end of the project and they're staring down the you know the barrel of a massive extra to the project. I know, but you know what comes so... The great thing about that is a customer will be like, what a great experience. I can now... I feel comfortable giving him to my friends, my yes. family, my mother, because it's honest and it's true. And that's what you guys are really trying to accomplish with the people you do business with. No one's going into a relationship wanting to hate each other, right? Uh, no, I, I never thought I'd hate Manny, but, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's more like a love hate. And thing. then I love him the next day. But, but do, do, do you understand I what I'm saying? I swipe left, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you, you want you want that success, but as the project deteriorates you're probably like, I can't wait to get the hell out of yeah. here. Yeah, and you don't want that feeling. No, you don't, you don't. want that feeling. No, but I, I hear it job. all the time with contractors. And again, if you if you if you t rewind the project, it's because those moments when the project started to deviate from the original agreement, when it starts to separate and diverge, and you have your what you're doing over here and what the expectations of your customer over here, and the further apart you get, the more angry you get at each other. And and again, I said it earlier, communication is very important and you need to make sure you're communicating on something solid, which is a, like a progress monitoring report, which includes how much money you've spent, 
what you spent it on, where your, your schedule is at, how much of the job you've completed, what the status is of certain payments. You know, your meetings can be as simple as sliding over this report. Once your customers understand exactly what they're getting. Thanks, uh, Carlito. Thank you, Manny. Uh, I'm just going to review this. If I have any questions, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call you. So this can be broken down like a graph of some sort. And at the beginning of the job, you've got the numbers that are associated to everything to be done. Yeah. And then at the end of the job, you've got the spend, the expenditures that are associated yeah. to all the job. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then you, basically you see a big lump sum of the beginning. Yep. This is what we're predicting to, to use. And then all of a sudden you see that lump sum shrinking yep. as it's being consumed and yep. then the build is happening because 100%. you're increasing that way. That's basically how you want to visualize it. And uh, there's one very important part of managing budget and schedule that have a very nice overlap. You're obviously spending money at a pace to keep up with the work that's occurring. So as an example, if you're going to be going in and doing drywall, you have to purchase the materials beforehand in order to drywall the room. There's actually going to be a percentage of the budget that you will be consuming at a faster rate than the work is happening because the work has to be happening as the materials are being purchased and, and, it, and it's occurring. One major thing that I always look at whenever I'm evaluating progress is how much money have you spent overall versus how much of the job have you completed overall? Well, it shouldn't cost the customer and it shouldn't cost the contractor. It should just be flowing perfectly. Well, no, no, no. What, what no, Matthew's no. saying though is that what you should be looking at, and you can correct me if I'm yes. wrong, right? That you should be able to look at the job on both of those levels and you actually see how much money has been given to you and how much money you have spent and how much work has been done. And you should be able to connect all of them and look yeah. at it and go, we are on track. That Based means on no juggling on. money from yeah. job to job, no, Paul, to no. pay so Peter. So you focus one, that, you do this for every single rental. doesn't matter how small the renter, if it's a powder room and that's all you're doing is a new vanity, a new toilet, a new tile, that's it. You treat this exactly the same way as if you're doing a huge, expensive 200K kitchen. You do the exact same way, right? But the idea is that you as a contractor need to see money that is supposed to be coming in money that has gone out and work that has been completed and where in the stage of those three mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. that's important so then you can stay on that schedule and on Go your ahead. invoices how your change orders and how that money is being spent that's why i like to say that the contract changes it alters it's the same contract amendment uh, amendment. amendment yes so that's why i like <laughs> that change order to be paid right away because now it doesn't really affect the project. So when you say paid though, just so that me being, let's say I'm a homeowner, I'm not going to hand over the money that costs. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to allow you to adjust our contract to include the new line item for the value that we've agreed to. But that's you. No, no in, but that's in my but, contract. No, but that's how it should be. That's, but that, well, there's, okay. There's no set contract and there's no set cost in construction. We're trying to give the new guys and even the old guys who want to learn new tricks a better way to run their business, right? So we're just trying to do it. But so it then also at the end of the job, it's not going to be this clusterfuck. I know, of but paperwork. not everybody has money in the bank. Let's let's be realistic. A lot of these contractors are working their business off of credit cards True. or True. Uh, over you got overdraft. a very valid point. Very so valid so, point. You're, so you're, what I'm saying to you're you, you're touching is, on something we're going to talk to at the end. That's the business part of your work we're talking well, about. Cash flow management. Yeah, that's so very. What's, what's next after progress monitoring? Okay, projects bouncing along. You've got your contract, you've got your amendments, now you're at the end and you want to finish the job. When you finish the job, it's not closing the door and walking away and kind of saying, okay, I got some paperwork I got to finish, but I'm going to, I, I got to get to the next job. I got to get, I got to get going. Properly closing out your jobs is the third thing. So whether, you know, contract, progress monitoring, close out is a very important step that a lot of people overlook because you said it earlier about, you know, getting on a job and you know, Oh man, I didn't, I lost money on that job. Well, let me just forget about that and move on. Well, no, 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 no. That, that, that you need to look at that. Why did I lose money? If the no, job could have gone I great, agree you should, but what I want people to realize is that you can't take money from one job. No, and try no. To okay. We know that. that. I don't, I don't think we're expressed. suggesting I don't that. give a yeah. fuck about that. What I want to focus on is how do you close a job? Because there's a huge amount of variables here. Right, because we can close a job, and for whatever reason, a client can turn on you. And every contractor has had this confronted with them: the final payment, time to renegotiate. Oh my God, I hear this all the time. Okay, so that's part of the closing yeah. out of the job, right? Yeah. So if you've done everything and everything works out great, yeah. and everything's been progress monitored properly, and yeah. all the changes have been taken care of, yeah. and we're still focusing on this one job, and now it's time to close out the job, how do you fucking handle that? If you've done 
step one and step two properly. The closeout is basically a summary of all the payments that have been made, the contract, all the adjustments that have been made to the contract to form the full contract now, and your final payment certificate. That's how easy it is because you've avoided all of the major issues by dealing with them in the moment and properly managing that in the con within the context of the contract. You can't be scared to do this. No, a no, lot no. of people are scared. They give the contract, they land the job, but they don't follow through it's with the contract. It's almost like an explosive device. Like, they hand when it I off read carefully. my contract, I sit down with mm -hmm. people and I give them the same contract. Yep. We all sit down at the table and we read every paragraph. Which is great, but it should not stop at the beginning. It you should You should be doing that Change, along the way. Write it down. Yep. And and your 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 whole you're, like the customer's going to be happy that you're doing that because you're both on the same page yeah. well, and odds are the customer will actually pay that amount and not well, want to exactly. turn in, and, into and a renegotiation because here's the most important for. thing for business for me is by doing what Matthew said at the very end and, and closing that contract and creating a great relationship. When you get 10 jobs, you don't know who's going to be the one person that's going to be out of the 10, the person that you carry for life. Like out of every 10 customers, I have one customer that's for life. I don't know who it is. So by doing that, I create a relationship mm -hmm. and they always call me back because they had a great experience. Going to your point about the dreaded finish and final payment. <laughs> and, and a lot of people, and, and I'm sure there's contractors that are driving to that last day on the job and they're probably like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to do with this? They hate yeah, it. Of course. Well, they probably, it's been this impending doom they've probably felt for a while. And all of a sudden it comes to a head and you're, you're all, you know, you're staring across the table at each other. You know, they're trying to figure out what you're going to do. And, and it's, you know, if, if you've done the project very reactively, then that is inevitable because there's going to be things that you've paid for that you forgot about. There's going to be time that you spent or this contractor finally submits his bill to you or her. And they now are a little bit more. So you, you didn't manage that part properly at the time. So you're just kind of like, well, I'll just deal with it at the end. I'll just deal with it at the end. And that's that whole pit of the stomach. I'm screwed now. Now I'm, now I'm in negotiations. I, the job was 25K. It cost me 35K. And they don't want to spend any more than $2,000 more. And now I'm $8,000. What, what do I do here? Right? I mean, these are arbitrary numbers, but you catch but the But that's drip. the situation that happens a lot. Well, that's also a really important point is that you have to have a stipulation in that contract saying that if something occurs other than what we've stated that will go so smoothly needs to be a, addressed at that point. Yes. So like if but I run into going, a problem, back, I tear down yeah. a wall. But that's going back to his progress monitoring yeah. where you got to be so diligent about that. You have to do this shit. But we're also at that talking moment. about losing money and yeah. a lot of people lose money because when they open that wall and they see the problem, they just go, oh, screw it. We'll just push forward. And they don't talk to the customer. No, a good contractor is going to actually have a conversation yeah. about that. But that becomes the scope of work where we're actually yeah. changing things and we're amending and all of a sudden. So, Curly, you're touching on a really good point here on. So there's two things happening here. You've got good business practice that is going to get you through the project comfortably, well, and all that. Now you're talking about something else. If you peel the wall down and there's a problem and you're too afraid to deal with it, that's something different. You're that's, lose money. that's but no, no, no. But that's just that's your inability to manage that situation in the moment. Whether you're afraid to talk to them, whether you're afraid of what they're going to say or whatever, that situation. If you deal with it on the spot, and that customer, and and you, you're probably talking about this with them at the outset of the project anyway. Like, listen, all I'm seeing here is walls covered in drywall. I'm going to base my quotation on a standard demolition. You know, we don't have any you Well, know, there's structural... a clause in the contract that actually unforeseen, right? So it's like we can't see it until we open up the walls yeah. and then we discover well, it. Then we anal. discuss it. I'll put a level on the wall to make sure the studs are level or in and out. Like I know the problems, right? Uh, you do. If you communicate that at the beginning. And again, I'm, I'm not saying you're going to solve all your problems by following this process. That's right. You're totally that, right. That's, it's, that's not, it's that's not what this... Exactly. But... What you're going to be getting with this following a process like this is you're going to be equipped with information that is within your contract that will help you to manage that properly so that you can leave that day knowing that unforeseen conditions going to be managed and your customer, your homeowner is going to leave that conversation knowing that I have certainty at least on how the contract is going to be adjusted. I can trust Carlito and, and Manny to do the, the right job here. They're going to let me know what the cost impact is going to be. I have certainty at least to the best that you can give them. 
And the relationship that you build by doing that along the way allows you to be more comfortable in those conversations, especially if you're a new contractor and you've got to reveal something to your homeowner that's that's not something they're going to want to hear. You're developing a comfortable relationship based on not your hunch or not your don't ju- you know just trust me it's going to be a fine yeah, yeah, yeah. like that thing. I've heard that a few times. Yeah. Is that, it fair to say, Anth- oh, Anthony? Fuck. It's okay. Is it fair Anthony, to say? Hey, we got Anthony here today. Uh, just call me Tony. <laughs> Is it fair to say, Matthew, uh, that you should treat this the exact same way for your subtrades? Yes. A simpler version of this, but for your subtrades. 100%. So you go down the same path yep. with your subtrades. They're going to love it because that gives them the opportunity to have that same certainty that you're giving your customers. They're going to have that certainty with you. And then you talk about repeat customers. Well, your, your trades your are the same. Your subtrades, huge. They're, they're your repeat customers too. And if they know that you're like, listen... I'm not going to snowball you. I'm not going to say, trust me, trust me, trust me. And then at the end, you know, you're left hanging uh, without, you know, being paid in full. That relationship that you're building with your contractors, your subs is very important to delivering a great product so that at the end of your contract, you're not dealing with a new electrician each time or a new Tyler or a new whatever. Well, you said something I've been kind of like, I'm finding you really interesting. So I'm letting you talk. I'm really having a hard (laughs) time here. When you are doing a change, in your contract, you have to have both parties there, the husband and the wife. No. Hold on. No. No. Because you know what? If you're all no. on the same page. No. I'm telling you this right now. You have to have one person who's going to be the signing authority on that. You do not get two different people to do this because you're going to get two voices. So one of them has to give up the power of the fucking dick, and they're the ones that are going to no, be I signing agree. off on it. I totally agree. We just one got person, real here. One, <laughs> same. No, no, Matt, Manny, I'm I agree. just saying, One man. person should be in charge of the yes and no, but they should be both there that's and present on, that's, on the changes. That's so, on so, them. Sorry, I got I to gotta step in here. At the end of the day, a lawyer, if they're going to be looking at the situation, they're going to be looking at who did you receive an approval from? And was that a binding approval? If you're talking about, I need the husband and the wife here. No, 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 no. You need your your client there. And however you've decided on how you're going to approve things, that's something you need to be considering in your that's contracts. Contract. Okay, so you know what? What I'm constitutes of approval? We're going to make an a, a you one get both person, clients one to party sign. You is the, the approver. Exactly. Is the approver. Exactly. And I don't exactly. care. But uh, So I just did a job and... You know, the husband's like, well, we talked about this. And I'm like, well, I never spoke to her about that. And then they, she and says, they well, will do I that. told... They you know, will play I that said, card. Wanted, yeah. They will play that card back and forth. That's right. So in your contract, both of them fucking sign. But there's also another signature that says that this person is the one that has I a final... I usually bring in a worker to be a witness. No, honestly. like I know, but that's done. What I want... Okay, yeah. Matthew. Is so we're, there, at, we're at the closeout. We're yes. at the closeout part. These are very good conversations to have because you're, you're thinking of an experience that's helping you to try to understand well, what you're going to these are my failures. Do. But see, now you're doing exactly what I was saying earlier about when you close out a project, you should be taking that, whatever you want to call it, a failure, a learning lesson, a mistake, whatever you want to call it, and actually turning that into something tangible that you're going to use on your next and job. And never do it again. A mistake is only something you've done twice in a row. Hmm. A learning experience is when you do it once and not do it again. That's how I always look at it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, man, he got turned on. <laughs> okay, so hang on. I still want to touch upon Wait some other things as well, too. Pants? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's the closeout now. So yeah. we've got a happy job site. Yeah. We've got a happy sub trades because yeah. we did the exact same thing with the sub trades. You got it. we got a happy client who actually paid you your final bill. Yep. How do you as a GC, now I'm talking about the GCs, how do I look back at this and go, how much money did I make? How much right. money did I lose? Where could I have saved? Yeah. Who was dragging their fucking feet and I never want to hire again? Yeah. All that bullshit. Because okay. I'm assuming E6, one, two, three, easy. But he's a nice guy, man. Pulls that shit off for me. Yes. You're, you're, you're touching on sort of the next part of this whole thing. We need to learn. Uh, well, we need to learn from that. You do. But more importantly, you need to understand the construction business is two things. There's the delivery of the construction itself, like we just talked about, contracts, schedules, and all that stuff. And then there is the business of your business of construction. And that's the part we talked about earlier about when you're looking at how you run your business, that will tell you whether you're profitable or not. And it can't be that you look in your bank account and you're seeing these payment certificates being paid and you're like, oh, wow, it's great. I got 200K in there. But meanwhile, you have 197,000 in outstanding 
HST. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> Pay your HST quarterly, ladies and gentlemen. No, the CRA would, would, would want that. Uh, but for what, our American <laughs> listeners, HST is our tax up here in Toronto, Canada. 13%. Uh, oh, for fuck's <laughs> sakes. It's not applicable. But, but, but so to your point, Manny, so after you've done your job and your closeout, the project's great, and you're getting ready to bid some new work, you want to do an evaluation on where you are and, during the year and see how profitable you are. So that's what I was talking about earlier about income statements, your bookkeeping, understanding financial ratios, understanding what it means to go to take a dollar from gross to net to find out if you've actually been profitable. You need to evaluate at the end of the project those exact things. So if the project was 100,000, did you actually make, you know, I think you mentioned Your 10% earlier, or your well, 30%, 30% or whatever. Did you make that? That is very important. If you didn't make that, then something went wrong or something didn't go the way you had planned it and you need to take that information Right then and there, once you've made that realization, and apply it to your next proposal. If you good luck if, landing it. <laughs> well, no, 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 not necessarily, because you got to be you got to be smart about it too, right? Whatever your GC rate is going to be, or however you want to generate the the profit equation for your business, you need to understand at any given moment in the year how your business is functioning and how it's doing from the numbers perspective. And I always talk about bringing a number from gross to net because if you know what your gross profit margin is on a project, do you know what your net profit margin is? Because the gross to net is where you take the money that you make and you run it through operating your business, mm -hmm. buying your trucks, buying your tools, uh, paying for insurance, um, whatever. Oper operation. Operation. Corporation. <laughs> so masturbation so, not the same manny not Const the same. constipation no constipation okay it's the applicable. same yeah it's the same so you need to understand those things and and I, and again you know i, I don't want to overcomplicate it because you like my like e6 stands no this has been great this has been very, be very simple one two three easy as yeah. one two three one of the things that i always like to say is if it's not simple if it's not effective and it's not value added to your business then we're not doing it you're totally right it has to be those three You're things. Totally right. And it can't be one and not the other two. It, it has to be all three. It can't be miserable. All it can't three. be hard. All three. You're so right. Absolutely. I've developed for, for certain customers uh, in, in the past, certain clients, I've, I've developed financial monitoring systems that allow them to put the, the information they get from their income statements right into a program that's it's aligned perfectly with, with how a balance sheet should look. And it'll produce financial ratios, which is what we're talking about here. So understanding things about how you're profitable and understanding how you're going to grow your business effectively. At the end of the year, if you're just thinking, oh, you know, we did five jobs this year. I want to do 10 next year. Okay, well, first of all, is it 10 jobs or is it a dollar value in revenue you want to make on your projects overall? That's a very good point. Don't look at the amount of jobs you're making as much as the amount of income that you're correct. looking towards to make. If you did five jobs and your margin was really poor, when I say margin, your, your net profit margin. That's the money that gives you your company value. If they were really poor and you you recognize that, then you shouldn't be taking on more than five projects next year. You should be doing the next five projects more efficiently so that you can raise the gross to net value so that your net profit increases, not necessarily your gross, right? And ho and hopefully the quality doesn't suffer. Well, but but see that that's like when I said earlier, I enjoy the business part of the business of construction. Like that's where I live. But you as the contractor, you need to swing the hammer the same way. You need to be cutting those 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 miter cuts the same way. You need to be making the same precision on the work that you're doing the same. But what you need to also be doing is making sure that at the end of the job that you're increasing the profitability of that job, not simply just by charging more, but by actually making what you are making work for you better. Here's a question for you, Matthew. Where are contractors losing money? Well, I can tell you in the experience that I've had, it's not taking a project through what we first just talked discussed. about because what ends up happening at the end of the job <clears throat> and you're almost feel like you're forced to do it because you want to get the hell out of there. You start tapping into the money that you're going to be making on that job and you start reducing what is you're entitled to, to just satisfy the situation so that you can move on and be you, happy at the job. Yeah. And you're leaving that money on the table because you didn't take the right precautions. Well, I shouldn't say precautions, the right steps through the project to make sure that you're securing your investment in the work too, which is what you're owed as a contractor, yep. your profit. I can tell you is the biggest pitfall in loss of money is that you've left things to the end and then you're scrambling. The relationship goes really sour and it goes to like, like a litigious process. Now you're going to be spending even more money yeah. on hiring a lawyer. You know, lawyer tactics, letters start going back and forth. 
I want to see the information in this format. So now you're spending, and, and this is not a knock at lawyers. Lawyers have, you know, their purpose and, and their, their involvement too. They do. Well, but how many people take contracts seriously? I see 10 contra eight contractors at a 10. Uh, that's 25,000. Uh, that's 15,000. Can't do it that way anymore. No, I know, but Can't let's be realistic. It. This is what's happening out there. And this is what we're trying to change. By bringing Matthew on here, it's about awareness and the, how to change your business. The right? other thing I want to talk to you about, uh, Matthew, is I want—I know that you've spoken to me about this, is how he's figured out a way how to analyze your team. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's true. Because we no, have yeah. talked about this before, about smokers will get an hour extra a day on breaks, You're which right. is an hour loss to your production value on the job site. And, and really, believe and it or I not, I completely disagree with that. You disagree with it? No, no, no. I, I, them smoking. I yeah. disagree with them I, smoking. I personally think that smokers are selfish and they think more about themselves in the business. There, goes, someone, that, there goes that sponsor. No, I know, but you're going out for a smoke five, six. No, times I agree a with day. you. So, 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 Matthew, you have. I don't want you to get into depth about that, but there is a way to look at your business on your trades. Mm -hmm even your suppliers and all this other stuff to try to figure out where is all this money going? Is there a way to either negotiate a better supplier rate, delivery, save money there? So all of a sudden you get one price that's been presented in the contract, but then you save a few bucks on that and then it gets delivered and you save a little bit of money and that goes towards profitability and so on and so on, right? Sort of two things here. So you have your labor. Um, so if you run a uh, company, uh, construction company, let's say a drywall, and you have drywall crews that you pay you know, whether they're unionized or whatever, we won't get into that, but you have, you're responsible for employees. I've done programs where um, we set up some data entry, you know, components to the workflow that they have. So we start to generate data about how the people are working. But of course, when they know they're being monitored on how they're working, then suddenly they're the best employees that you've ever had. So funny, you, funny how that works. Yeah, it's funny how that works. How many times does that happen though? It happens mostly in the discussion when you're implementing something like that, like maybe a time management software or something like that. All of a sudden, everybody's trying to figure out a way to, to, to be good at that. They want to make sure that they, they, they actually show the time that they're doing. But we're not being assholes by no, 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 asking and, that and because you, you get your breaks, you get your lunch, you start the idea is that we want a productive day. Well, it's important because well you're it, getting paid that's the point that right there nobody should have an issue with this because you need to monitor that because you're trying to make your business more efficient well if having people work for you is part of your business you need to know how efficiently they're working yeah yes. they're, my 25 bucks to a laborer should be 35 back at minimum well whatever just, just whatever the return whatever is, the amount you want to know you want to know that these workers women, men, whatever, like you want to know that they're doing the, a good job for you and monitoring that should not be a problem. But the other thing is when you're looking at performance data, performance uh, measures, if you use only one um, data stream, it's going to be, it's, it's not really representative of the full spectrum. So you have to look at other things too. You have to look at the work that they're doing. You have to look at, at the type of, of equipment you're providing these people to do the job for you. I've heard it, you know, from a few people like, yeah, you know, we want to work hard, but we have crappy equipment and our boss doesn't want to buy us good stuff or I'm, I'm constantly have breakdowns and this and that. So th there's another thing that you have to measure. You can have a great person who's spending a lot of time doing something. And if you're not measuring a, a few different data streams, you could be yelling at the wrong thing. You could be making good people feel like crap because the freaking materials they have or the, the, the saws they're using are, are, are shit. Yeah, so. it's proven. You need a pat on the back. If you're doing well, you need to be told that. And how many people do that? You know what? Not enough. Manny, to your point, tracking that. Anything can be tracked as long as you're understanding what you want to track. If Got you're it. just going to stand and, and, and wait for people to make mistakes to go, ah, I you know that you were doing this or you were doing that, that and you know, what the hell? Or, you don't want to do that because it doesn't yeah, benefit them. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit your business. No. This is really about you want to build your business. Uh, of course. Everybody and, gets into this business to actually build a business and 100%. be profitable, right? Do. A lot of time and money is being wasted. And if there's jokers out there who want to fuck around on the job site and not work a full day and, and give us the production that we need, get out sorry one last thing on that point because you said labor and then you said your your subcontractors Supply, or sub suppliers suppliers yeah obviously with them you're going to have a contract of what they're being asked to provide to you yep. and we talked about this earlier on setting up the same type of process with your customers as you do with your subs so your sub is going to be giving you a a guarantee or, or a contract based on what you've talked about so if it's to deliver two by fours you're they're going to deliver you the two by fours based on the contract that you have with them now you can all you can start to measure things like okay you said it was going to cost x your invoice is y why are they not the same 
Why is my proposal not the same as what I'm getting asked to pay here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Manny, Carlito, uh, you know, we, we didn't have enough stuff. So we had to go over to this guy's yard and get this. And get, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you got to, you know, be a, like an idiot about this. But why is that my problem? I didn't ask for anything more than what exactly we agreed to at the beginning of this. If you set those things up with these guys, with these contract uh, subcontracts, then you can apply the same exact type of of monitoring process and close out with them as you do with your regular customer as yeah. well. And that protects you at the end. So you're not getting all these bills that are way over and above, which they'll happen. Yeah. I mean, you can't protect against that either. Some guys, some new people you're going to work with, maybe a change in management or whatever things happen. Right. But that's the part where if you have the process set up in, in, in correctly and you're monitoring it properly, you'll be able to deal with that right away in that second. Right away. Okay, so we're we got we're gonna close to wrapping it up. So okay. let's get some final thoughts in here. I have a business, yep. and I want to implement you into Services, it. Yeah. yeah. To you know, I I can't go back to school, so I might as well hire yeah. someone that's already gone to school and have and use their education. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say that this is not something that we want to take on. Uh, this is something that you have to hire a person like Matthew to do. This is a really important. I'm Go so ahead. glad you're touching Shoot. on this. And this is the last thing I actually have my last note on this. How many times have you been approached by some form of software company that I've wants to say that they have a solution can, to what you're can, dealing with? Can, can I, can I express my, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I was leading to this. How much does it cost per job or overall per year to have you do this? Here's my problem with that software, those software companies. And they get, they call me all the time, contact me all the time is it's not catered to my business. A smaller business. Yes. I'm not a massive business, yeah, but it's we're not talking even about, still, it's not catered to about my house builders, business, right? insurance companies. I, I found a certain kind of accountant for a reason. I found a certain kind of anything for a reason. So this is applicable to the same way. So mm -hmm. I don't need some huge software company that has a general blanket over the concept of managing your jobs. I rather have someone who's looking at my business, figure out what's wrong with my business, correct what's wrong with my business and make suggestions and actually find out where to make money, where's losing money, who to get rid of, who to fucking keep, who to treat like go, all that shit. Find out that shit out for me and then make everybody happy. But also, if you're having a business, you need to make time and you need to make these changes in your business. Mm -hmm. yes. Or you're not going to move forward. This if you has keep to doing happen. the same thing, this the has same to routine, yes. you go to work, you do the same job the same way. And then if you that means, hockey, Matthew, you am, I fair to to say, am I fair to say that if you're a contractor and all of a sudden you're feeling overwhelmed because you have taken on four jobs, five jobs, and you are Peter Paul in it, going from one job to the next and all of a sudden, is it fair to say, stop? Just stop, finish that last job, stop, take a month or whatever, take two weeks and get a, a grasp of your fucking business and organize the shit out of it. What you're doing is, is describing like that kind of aha moment or holy crap, I'm like in over my head moment. Yes, if you're feeling that, then all you're going to do then is compound the issue by continuing to address or, or deal with the business you have in the same type of way, but only now you're under mental pressure to deliver because now I'm like, Oh my God, I got all this stuff on my mind. Let's just take a step back. I mentioned software. A lot of, a lot of people at the issues they have and they think, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, get a piece of software to do, you know, my, my manage my financials or I'm going to get a time management software, a GPS software. Those are all great. I don't want to knock the software business because it's obviously very lucrative and, I do. and, and it's, and it's good. <laughs> Excel. Well, no, no, <laughs> it's, and there's a lot of great products out there. I read about them all the time and, and, and there's a lot of good thinking that goes behind them. What I do is not, I don't push software. I use software. I develop software. I use an Excel based platform and anybody that that's develops is probably, oh, is that what you use Excel? Oh my God, you're so sophisticated, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not trying to impress you by some software. No, I'm trying to impress I'll give you, you an by analogy. We all use a circular saw. We all use a reciprocated exactly. saw. We all use an impact drill. Excel it's is how we use yeah, it. Exactly. It's true. Yes. It's so true. To answer your question earlier about how much does something like this cost and all that, well, I don't get into costs. In fact, my first meeting with you, it costs you nothing because you're already in a state of, of probably like, you know, pressure and all that. And That's it. 1-800 costs you nothing. <laughs> That's easy. One, two, three. You want to sit down. You want to sit down. You want to talk. You want to like, Hey, like, first of all, I want to get to know you a little better, Matt. I mean, I heard you on the podcast or whatever. I want to, I want to meet you, but I don't want to okay, pay. How do we get a hold of you? I have a website. I have a phone What's number. The URL? What is What's that? the URL? www.e6analytics.com. And I'm on Instagram. There you go. What's Man, the handle? The handle is uh, at 
E6 Analytics. Do you can you benefit a small business? What's the email? The email is <laughs> www. Oh, no, no, no. The email. Email. Okay. Info at e6analytics.com. Perfect. Now you can ask your question. All right. Like Manny was saying, yeah. we have smaller businesses. There's bigger guys out yeah. there. Yeah. Different budgets. Yeah. Does it benefit someone smaller? I'm going to just leave you with this thought. If you're trying to run a business and you're one person and you don't know what to do and you don't know if you have enough money or uh, like, I don't even know if I could sit down with a guy like uh, a company like E6 Analytics, get that out of your mind. Because if you do things right at the beginning, it's much easier to help you build what you want to build when you start there. And we adjust the fee schedule to make sure that it works for you, that it's fair and that you're going to get value out of it. Remember, simple, effective, it has to be value add to you. If it's an expense and you're like, Jesus, I love all this stuff, but oh my God, is it ever expensive? Then I'm not doing what I'm doing properly. You need to feel comfortable that the services that are being provided to you are providing the simple, effective, value-added solutions. It's like buying a for. tool. You got it. Okay. okay. So okay. I think we got to wrap it up, but don't, don't be beatboxing just yet. Okay. There's a few things that we have to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> I never got to do that. I also want to add to, to Matthew's credentials or regarding contact credentials is that he wrote an amazing article and it's on the constructionlife.com website. Which touches upon a lot of this stuff. So I would definitely encourage people to go to the website and check it out. And also, it, there's a link to his website and his email on that article, which is great. So you can ask him a bunch of questions. Second thing, Matthew forgot to sing his song. I was just about oh, to no. say that. I was oh so God. upset. But I'm going to apologize to both of you guys. Why? Um, I was rushing. And what? I, I had to, Why? I had, to, <laughs> I had to stop somewhere. And I was behind. Get it? Literally. I, I thought Literally. I was going to get off the hook. I, I don't okay, even know what to so sing now. So let's start closing this out. We might as well get Matthew if you want to hum it up, if you're like what? comfortable oh, now. Oh, 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 oh thing, wait, wait, wait. You got some more? Um, we're just asking people, what do you see in the future as a change and what do you want to change? In your That's life? a great question. I want to change one thing. I want you to wake up in the morning and be able to love what you do and not worry about those things that give you stress, which is that business part. I want you to be able to wake up and be like, I know that's being handled, so now I can go to work and rock it. I would say that's his goal. What's your goal this week? Uh, this week? My goal is for you to be on time. You know what? This <laughs> Last week, I was early 45 <laughs> minutes. Since your phone didn't go off, I'm going to fucking keep digging. And I don't have my phone with me, Mr. <laughs> two for three. <laughs> two oh, for my, two. And wait a second. Two for two. And if I remember the, uh, the, that week. Da, 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 da. I think I can't put something on a podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's the goal for? I'm looking for a new company name. I've, I've just recently got out of business with somebody and now I'm recreating a new name. That, get it? You like that? So I'm looking for a new company name. So by next week, I'm hoping to get on, the, get on my feet. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. Listen next week to find out if Carlitos come up with a new company name. And you? Me? Yeah. I already told my goal for you to be on fucking time. That's easy. <laughs> no, actually, my goal I was waiting here for you is that I actually want to pull off 100. I want to get to the 100th podcast by the end of next year. How many do you got now? This is number 22. It's tight. Are you going to well, do it's not about it's not about numbers. It's it's about quality. This whole episode was yeah. about numbers. No, but I mean, about, <laughs> that's true. But I mean about quality, something, yeah. giving yes. back to the industry. But I think it's possible that you and I can pull off another 78 podcasts by the end of next year you know what every That's time my we goal. do a podcast I will get they be on time smarter. i don't know <laughs> well we'll see if manny's on time next week so matthew you want to take a song oh, and then geez. he'll beatbox or you don't want to well uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you very much, Matthew, for joining us at the Construction Life. And I felt like we were back in school, uh, but this was a good lesson. Lots of lessons learned. And uh, thank you, Carlito. Take it out of here. Take it out of here. Straight from CO, baby. I didn't want to do the beatbox, but hey, you know what? That's you know what pretty good, actually. And this is Manny right across from me. <laughs> Next week, another podcast. See you then. Ciao. See you later.